You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as host Phil Ramsey, Blake Shankle, and Tom Hammond dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to Life Song Radio. I'm here with uh, my good friend Tom Hammond. We're absent. Blake Shank. Missing over here. Blake. Missing Blake. I don't know where he's at. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, working hard, I guess. Well, Big time engineer. He's on the road a lot. Busy and, man. Uh, busy man. I guess people need to understand. None of us do this full time, so we we don't. Uh, well, <laughs> we're trying to, but <laughs> no. Uh, but no. But uh, I understand he's got to be gone. But man, we miss him. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll be back next week, but he said he might not. So we do have a uh, hard task today. I know if you've been uh, with us in the last few weeks, we've been in Romans eleven, verse one through six. Took us uh, what a couple weeks to get through that. Tom and I were was talking today, uh, contemplating can we do this in one show? Now we're in verses seven through ten. Can this be done? Now I asked Tom earlier. Did, Tom, do you believe in miracles? It, yeah, I think it's going to take one, but we're, we're going to try. So Jesus did walk on water, and there is a possibility that we'll get through today. Walking on water was easier. <laughs> 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 I'm guessing, but no, it's you know it's one of those things. It's really uh, uh, it's a lot here for one show, but we, we felt like that this is really all one unit, verses yeah. seven through ten, and we we really need to try to get this in one setting. Right, um, and it's there's some surprising teachings here that catch some people off guard that we kind of need to cover. Yeah, caught me off guard most of my life. Be uh, be truthful with you, but it, uh, last uh, last time we met. Uh, the, the question is, has God, is God through with Israel? And uh, last time we studied about, well, no, he's not. And Paul is proof of that because he is an Israelite. He is from the tribe of Benjamin. So, no, he has not forsaken Israel. Just to go a little bit further, Elijah says, hey, uh, well, God told Elijah, I've kept 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. So, Elijah, you're not the only one. Okay? There's more. There's more. God has, God has never rejected Israel. 100% of the nation of Israel. There has always been a remnant. Now, the, another question we've been asking in this series is, has the church replaced Israel? And, of course, that's kind of in the backdrop, too. So what Paul is making the case for in chapter 11 is that even though you're seeing things that may look like God has forsaken Israel, that's not the case. And and he's laying out, uh, I think Blake said in one of the show uh, uh, evidences, right. um, that He's making his case that, yes, it, it looks like it, but let me tell you what's really going on here. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today in verses 7 to 10. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Uh, I would say this before we start. I think chapter 11 over the last three or four years of my life, I have studied that chapter more than any. Eschatology just fascinates me. There's so much division with eschatology within the book of Revelation and Daniel, and all, it has always intrigued me. But but eleven's been my most studied uh, uh, chapter. Now I get it. Now nine I had problems with. 
Right. You know, when right. I, election, that just didn't jihad with me. Right. And it took me, I don't know, two or three years to finally just give, give up, say, Lord, grace is grace. I'm out of the equation, and you elect, and I'm, I'm going to be fine with that. Yeah, and it's um, – and feel you're not alone in that. A lot of people struggle with this whole idea of sovereign election. Yeah. And we don't really understand how it works, to be honest with you. There's Yes, there's passages in the Bible that talks about the human response to the gospel and uh, will convey a truth that that's a part of this too. So people ask me, uh, well, which is it? Is it sovereign election or is it, uh, is it human response? And you just say yes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And dealing with Israel, in the same case, you have you have elect Jews and you have non-elect Jews. Correct. You have Correct. chosen Jews and you have Jews are not chosen. So Correct. pretty big. I, I, I was listening to Steve Lawson today. Let me just read this real quick. Uh, God has, has chosen some Jews, right? And he has not chosen some Jews. So is he wrong or right for not choosing these over here i would say uh, right off the cuff man that just doesn't seem fair but you have election and uh reprobation election sinners receive what they don't deserve and represent and represent reprox here i go set set time reprobation reprobation <laughs> i have filled with his words every now and then they receive what they deserve right election sinners receive mercy Reprobation sinners receive justice. Election sinners will be in heaven by the will of God. And reprobation sinners will be in hell by their own free will. Election sinners not uh, condemned for their sins. And, and uh, reprobation sinners are condemned for their sins. One more. Election sinners are chosen for salvation. Reprobation sinners are passed over for salvation. And that's tough for the human mind to grasp. It's hard to grasp, but I'm gonna, something was said on this show. I think Blake even said it um, that I think was very well put is that it's not amazing that God has condemned the, the the human race. What's amazing is that He has chosen to save anybody. Anybody. Yeah. That that's the really hard. That's what's hard to get your mind around if you really understand. Right. Uh, you know the reality of of our of our uh, depravity, our right. state before God. So let's read this. Okay. Uh, Romans eleven seven. Paul says, what then? What Israel is seeking, it is not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened. Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to see, uh, eyes to see not, and ears to hear not, down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block, and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not, and bend their backs forever. So here, we've just followed up. Elijah has prayed that God would turn his back on Israel. David's praying the same thing. Right, right. So this, this is two heavy hitters from the Old Testament that have just gotten to hear with Israel. Yeah, and, and seven, you're, you're saying, uh, really, look who's mentioned here, what then? And in summation of Romans 9.30, all the way up to right now, what then has uh, has Israel failed? So you see three people or three things to mention here. You got Israel, which is who? The whole nation, all the Jews, the ethnic Jews, Israel, the elect nation, by the way. Then you have uh, the elect. What is the elect? Inside of the nation, you have the elect of God. You have the 
true Israel. Would you, wouldn't you say that? I would say Israel? that. I would also, uh, to keep in context of our earlier shows, a remnant. Correct. A, a present day remnant. Right. So all of Israel is not Israel. So within the group of the name. So you got that. And then you have uh, the last thing that they mentioned, and the rest were hardened. So those who are not elect, the rest of who? The rest of the nation was hardened. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. That's a that's a tough one for people yeah. to grasp because uh, we're hardened. Um, Paul is clearly uh, attributing this to God. Yeah. That, that God hardened them. Actively doing it. So what, you know, and let me just say this, and I, Phil and I have talked about these passages before the show, just kind of uh, share our thoughts. And I've told Phil, I really think that the way we have to understand this is what we have just read in these verses is a judgment. Mm-hmm. This is God's judgment. And people, people say, well, it's too early for him to be judging. Actually, this judgment came down in Matthew 13. Right. And um, I've got passages. If, if you want to turn there, it's, it's Matthew 13. I'm not going to read the whole story. But just to tell you what's going on. Matthew 13, Jesus came out and started teaching in a way he had never taught before. He started teaching in parables, and it just blew everybody's mind. So he's teaching all the people, and there's a point in time in history when he taught, he taught a certain way in the public. Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm, yes. Okay. Yes. And then uh, Matthew 13, 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables. And if you start reading this chapter on down, there are several parables listed. But skip down to verse 10, Matthew thirteen ten, And the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? They don't know what's going on. This is an entirely new way of teaching. Yeah. And Jesus responded to them in 11. He said, to you, it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been granted. I want people to understand something about parables. I've got a feeling a lot of our audience has been taught through the years that Jesus taught in parables to make his teachings more understandable. I would argue the exact opposite is true. Jesus started teaching in parables to obscure his message right. to those who had rejected him. And this was, he goes on later in the chapter, and he says this is a fulfillment of the prophecy from Isaiah. Yeah. What you're seeing today is, is a fulfillment of prophecy. And that um, – well, I'll, just, I'll read it down here, verse 14. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled which says you will uh, you will keep on hearing but will not understand you will keep on seeing but will not perceive so this is God's judgment on Israel and from this point forward I want you to really uh, pay attention to this uh, when you read these parables Jesus never explains them to those who are rejecting him the parables are only explained to his closest inner circle so Jesus is not teaching in parables to make truths of the kingdom more understandable. He's actually obscuring them. Yeah, to, to those to those mainly religious leaders, but Jews who have rejected the message, there comes a point in time that uh, uh, he did that definitely. And that's a little lesson for us. We <laughs> we want to we don't want to ever get to that point where we become apostate and God uh, it's 
is done with us. But he does. That's a, you have reminded me of another great point. This judgment has not only is not only occurring now to Israel. The title of the show: God's current judgment on Israel. This is also a judgment on mankind. Yeah. If we go to this this very epistle, if we go back to the first chapter. Three times in chapter one, Romans chapter one, it says God has turned his back on mankind. He has rejected them. Uh, it says in uh, Romans one twenty four, God has given people over in the lust of their hearts to impurity. Verse 26, God has given people over to degrading passions. And in verse 28, and boy, here's the catch all. If that didn't get enough, God has given people over to a depraved mind. Mm. Now, with this in mind. Then Paul said in the first Corinthian letter, he says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. In the, in the uh, second Corinthians, which is really the third letter to the Corinthians, we call it second Corinthians. It was really his third letter says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Hmm. And it, he goes on to say that it's the God of this world, Satan, who has blinded their minds. Yeah. And then but we're back in Romans again, chapter eight that we covered a few weeks back verse seven says because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward god for it does not subject itself to the law of god for it is not even able to do so even by his free will even by free will <laughs> that's one of that's one of the verses i go to a lot and i believe in free will by the way i do think there's limits to it like this verse says yes but but the idea that god has given us over to a depraved mind and has given us over to an inability to understand spiritual truths. Yeah. That's a judgment. That is a judgment on rejection of him. That's right. a rejection on the rebellion to him. Right. So this same, and that's all mankind. That's all mankind. Yeah. So now Paul is specifically talking about Israel because I think Isaiah's prophecy was specifically yeah. towards Israel. But it's really a malady of all mankind that falls under this judgment. So one thing that interests me is I think you can make a case that rejection comes first, the hardening comes second. For those who just want to still hang on to this this free will thing, uh, when this judgment was passed down in Matthew 13, Jesus was already being rejected. If you go back to Matthew 12, you know, he'd been arguing with the scribes and Pharisees over the Sabbath. Yeah, and I agree. I'll agree with you, and I wish I you were going to say that, and I would have had that verse handy with me. Uh, before Moses went to Pharaoh, he says, you're going to go, but I'm going to harden his heart. Pharaoh's heart is – everybody's heart is already hardened. Correct. So, so – before he even went, God said what he was going to do. Now, Pharaoh, he was responsible for what he did. God just sealed it, and his will was done, I believe. But what's, what's going on with Israel? What, uh, just real quickly, it says they're, they're trying to obtain, obtain something. They're trying to attain righteousness. Right standing with God. Yeah, they're trying to be right with God by by keeping the law. They were zealous in the original language. Man, this is diligently seeking. They're, they're seeking it out by their own works, by their own merit, uh, morality. Uh, they were trying to pull themselves up to heaven by their bootstraps, which is impossible. 
and and the ceremonial law ceremonial that, law. that was a huge uh, avenue they were trying to use to win favor with god and thought that was going to put them in right standing so they were fired up they were intentionally seeking i was thinking about you tom back in 1902 when you was easter egg hunting your mama uh hid those easter eggs when you come in that front out of that front door what were you doing well we just finished listening to teddy roosevelt <laughs> on the radio Wait a minute. Now, the radio hadn't been invented. When I was so, two. you were intently. So, that's what Israel was doing. They were seeking to be righteous by, by the law. Well, that's not going to work. Uh, we've already read uh, just a couple of verses in Romans 2. It says, For I testify about them, Israel, that they have a zeal for God, but not according with knowledge, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end. That is so important. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness is conditional to everyone who believes. Yes. So what about those who don't believe? Well, Galatians uh, 3.10 says that. Let me just read it. It says, for all who rely on the works of the law are what? They're under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide continually, right? Abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified. They were trying to be justified. No one is justified before God by the law. They, they should know that, right? For the righteousness shall be lived by faith. But they didn't want that. They wanted to work themselves up to heaven. And, you know, there's a lot of churches that teach similar gospels where, absolutely, uh, you know, we're saved. A lot of churches will teach, well, we're, we're saved by grace, but we have to keep that salvation mm. by works. Mm. What a miserable life. By uh, the way. What a miserable life. But it just seems so intuitive to human nature to want to feel like that we are accomplishing something, that, that we are doing, that we're doing something. Right. And. It's a difficult thing for people to yeah. just finally let go and understand if there's any salvation at all, it's all in God. I was sharing the gospel with a girl today up on the square in Covington, and uh, about 10 minutes into the conversation, I just just asked her. I knew her family, a couple members were saved, but and then I asked her, I said, look, do you know the Lord? Have you been born again? And she said, well, you know, I do the best I can. I said, you're going to fall short every time you try. Here's the deal. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You're, you're headed on a road to hell. It will never happen. You know, I was uh, in the pulpit Sunday, and I closed out the, uh, my message with a story about Charlotte Elliott, who wrote Just As I Am. Mm -hmm. And I gave a little bit of her uh, biography. And she had been raised in a Christian home. And a pastor, she was, I think, in her 30s. I can go back and check the years. Uh, he said, D do you know that you're right with God? And she said, no, I don't know that I know that. She said, I really, she said, I intend to, but I'm really going to kind of get my life in order hmm. before I do that. And this pastor very wisely told her, I think the year was 1836, though, when, when she wrote Just As I Am, pastor said, that day's not coming. Hmm. And with that opening line in Just As I Am, Just As I Am, without one plea sets up the whole song right so to to go in line with you know salvation it has got to be sovereign election 
or we will not come to him. We're, we're doomed. We're working with depraved minds. Yeah. <laughs> we're all doomed. But look here. It says Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. But here's the deal. The elect attained it, obtained it. Okay. But the rest were hardened. Elect means chosen. The chosen attained it. Notice the grammar and the order of that. Chosen then attain. These two will always go together. It's just like Romans, the golden chain and golden chain and Romans eight, twenty-nine and thirty. Look, if you are elect or chosen, you will obtain faith. If you are called, ultimately you will be glorified. You cannot separate these two. So there are some in the nation of Israel who who were elect who obtained faith. Yes. You know, and all analogies break down, okay? Mm. But I saw and read an analogy on this one time. Well, how can the same God do both? How can one heart uh, come to come to faith and the other heart be hardened? And I, I read this one time, said, you know, you can take a candle and a lump of Play-Doh and set it on the dash of your car mm. out in a, on a hot day. And you come back and the candle is melted and the Play-Doh is hard as a rock. Yeah. Same sun, yeah. same circumstances, conditions. So, you know, and, and you can only go so far with that. I get it. But God's truth, God's truth will affect the human heart in one of these two ways. And it says here plainly, and the rest were hardened, just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor. And boy, we struggle with that now. Well, he sure did. Uh, God is actively doing something to to people. Yeah, there. You think about it. We all we're already everybody's already jacked up. Number one, we're born in Adam. Okay, we got his sin. We done. We proved that a long time ago. We have inherited what Adam did in the garden. We don't like that. But that was Scripture says we're we're inherited his sin. We're born we're born in sin. We're born in iniquity. The second we're able to choose something, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to sin. How many, how many children have you ever had to teach to be bad? Uh, like uh, right, like hey hey hey, you stop sharing. You know how many <laughs> how many times have you heard that say? You Very, stop being nice. Uh, never. You, you know. Yeah. Never. God gave them a spirit of stupor. I would say to the person who struggles with that, we have this concept of God in our minds sometimes of this, what I call the doting grandfather. You and I are both grandfathers. And, and, we, and we know. I'm we, happy though. Uh, we, I'm a young man, Tom, but man, I'm so happy to be a grand. I'll show you some pictures sometime. We'll have to. But, we, but we know what doting <laughs> means, right? Right. And we get this concept of God. And very oftentimes, this concept that grows in our minds of who and what God is doesn't even resemble the God the Bible describes and reveals to mm -hmm. us. So this is one of those times, if you're struggling with it, you're going to have to decide who you trust. Do, right. you, do you trust yourself and your, your concept of God that could be flawed, or are you going to trust Holy Writ, right. Holy Spirit-inspired um, revelation? Right. So this is one of those things Eventually, you just have to accept what it says. And this isn't, and you've already told, this isn't uh, Paul's opinion, by the way. I love what Paul does. He goes back to Scripture. What Scripture does he go back to? All Scripture. What do we got? The law, 
the prophets and the writings. And he quotes, uh, let, let me just read this is verse eight as he's written. And he mixes up the law, uh, the law and the prophets right here. God gave them a spirit of stupor eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to the, this very day. And he's pulling that. Uh, if you get time, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 4 i would encourage you to read the context of that also it's it's really interesting uh, as as it talks about moses giving the law how he's how he's veiled and even then uh the law uh was a little obscure from them grasping what it was all about yes and but at least he's using their scriptures. That, yeah. That's the genius of, yeah. of the whole thing. Uh, they've had these scriptures for centuries and, and have just missed it all together. Phil, we're both looking at the time. I don't think we're going to pull off a, a complete <laughs> coverage of the passage, but we did, let's, let's bring up one more thing while we're yeah. here. Uh, we spent the last show talking about Elijah had called down God's judgment on Israel and just said, be done with them. Just, just be done with them. And now we run into David. King David. King David. King David. Yep. And what does he what does he say about Israel? Verse nine, let their table become a snare and a trap. What mm. was he talking about there? Well, uh, let their table and we when we and you can educate me if I'm wrong, but the table is a place of uh, what's the word? Stability, comfort, safety, sanctuary. Ble- yeah. Blessing. Uh, the, I would call really. The law, this this table, this law, this uh, th- being the people of God, comfort, security, all of those things would, I think, entail the table. Their religion. Right. J- just their religion. Right. So let their religion become a snare mm. and a trap. Had it done that? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it had done. So, uh, and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. In other words, a stumbling block, let it keep them from the truth. Mm. Isn't that something? This is David. Yeah. Well, Psalm 69, 22, let me just read it. May their table be before them a snare, and and when they are in peace, may it become a trap. May their eyes grow dim so that they cannot see and make their loins shake continually. This is This is judgment. It's right judgment, here. It's judgment. You have to understand Romans 11, 7 through 10 as a judgment. Wow. Yes. Yes. So this is a God, and what you, you said it earlier, and we don't like to think about this. This, what God is doing with this hardening, he's not, he is hardening. And I would say the heart is all, their hearts were already hard. They rejected Christ. They had hearts of stone, right? And God just almost visualize this putting their heart in concrete and so you're hard and guess what now i'm going to keep it hard but wait a minute are all the jews lost then if you've hardened the heart no they're not all lost i have a remnant and i've always got to have a remnant and then we we've got to think a couple of minutes left here let me just throw something in here and we'll, we'll probably pick back up on this next show and then you can close us out today the gist of Romans 11 is that Israel still has a future. Absolutely. Now, look at the title of today's show, God's Current mm-hmm. Judgment on Israel. Mm-hmm. Why did we throw that word current in there? Because it's not going to be a lasting judgment. Right. Ezekiel chapter 36, and this is pushing forward. We've got a present-day remnant, 
there, there was a remnant in Paul's day. Paul was part of it. There is a present day here in 2020 remnant. There's, there are saved Jews. Right. And then there is going to be a future remnant, the nation of Israel that's saved at the tribulation period. And here's what Ezekiel prophesies about that. It hasn't happened yet. But this is still a future prophecy concerning Israel. Chapter 36, verse 26. God says to Israel, and I will give you a new heart mm. and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. Who's doing that, by the way? Uh, the eye there was Yahweh. Mm. That was God. So there is a th there is a future restoration. There's a future redemption. This is not a permanent hardening for the nation of Israel. Yes, a lot of Jews have lived and died with hardened hearts and still will in the future. But as the national Israel, she has got a future and God is going to change these hearts of stone. What would you say just as we close? What is some application from today's text that that our, our listening audience could could ponder on well i think one thing it, it in those uh, passages i read from corinthians where god has given us over to uh, you know the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing so on and so forth and i think sometimes in living real life out here in the real world we have to understand really what we're dealing with li living with a lost humanity mm. and i think it just gives uh should give us a real urgency to get this gospel out there to get this message to people is everybody going to respond to it no the bible tells us that the uh left unaided by god they won't respond to it yeah. jesus told us in that parable back to matthew 13 he gets into the parable of the soils yeah we learn right there that most people most of the people that the seed fall on will never produce fruit yeah we're just supposed to be out there scattering seed. Yeah. But I think one thing it, it should do for all of us is give us a burning desire to get this gospel out there, to get this message out there. It's man's only hope. Yeah. Well, their hearts were, they were hard, hardened by themselves. They were born hard, but yet their rejection, they become callous. And there came a point in time where God, God, uh, they were apostate and it was over for them. So today, this day is the day of salvation. And I would say, even though, look, it seems hopeless for us, uh, the gospel goes out and it says, come, come to me. If you're thirsty, come for drink. If you're hungry, come and eat this bread. I'll give you rest. Yeah, if you ha if you have a desire to know the Lord, man, that is a that is a good thing. I can't wait to get back and pick up on this next week. It's gonna be good. Well, we're out of time. Look, folks, I appreciate you uh, joining us today. You can go to uh, lifesongradio.com. You can watch all the previous episodes on audio and video. Search your your uh, your phone, your computer, on your favorite podcast uh, app, and search Live Song Radio. We're everywhere. We're on Facebook Live, eight a.m. on Sunday morning. Get out of the bed. Get your sausage and biscuit. Sit down. Get you a little word and go get some word. Right. Amen. Sunday night, YouTube, 7 p.m. on a, you can search our life uh, song channel on YouTube. So, hey, we thank. Let me close this out in prayer. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this time that we have today to study your word. Lord, man, it's just awesome to see that uh, what you promised will come to pass. 
And uh, I'm just, I just pray for the, the listener today. I pray for us as we go through the word that the Holy Spirit just, man, just enlighten us to these great truths of this great God who does this great work of taking hearts of stone and putting in hearts of flesh. Father, we thank you. We give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Folks, we'll see you next week for another edition of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.